Hey everyone, it's Sonia here with Fresh Approach Fitness, a wellness company, and this is February 10th, 2022, and today we have an amazing guest for Black History Month on this this episode of the Heart to Heart. So for anybody that's catching the audio version, Heart to Heart is on my YouTube channel where you can see a video of the two of us having a casual conversation and sharing it with each and every single one of you. So Jafia Reed is the special guest today and I'm gonna hand it over to her to introduce herself. Ah, this is always the part that I'm not too sure of. <laughs> Only That's because okay. um, my name is Jafia Reed, as Sonia said, I'm so happy to be on your heart to heart and to be your special guest. Um, I know it's not just because it's Black History Month, but we've met recently and, you know, we've had a really great connection. And for me, um, when you introduce yourself, people always go down the list of, you know, who you, your name, where you come from, you know, what you do and all these things. But I have to say, I know I'm much more than that. So if I was going to introduce myself, I love people. Mm -hmm. I love meeting new people. I love trying new things. Um, it, for by profession, I am now a campus manager at CLI, but I have a long career path. But in every job that I've held, it's always been people, customer service, serving in some way, but also, you know, um, in different spaces. So I was in IT for about 12 years. Then I moved to retail for about 10 years. And now I'm in the education field. Um, but it's always centered and been grounded around people. Um, I have a teenage son. So for those of you that have teenage children, which is awesome. Um, yes. And I laughed because, you know. <laughs> Um, honestly, uh, Jelani is uh, truly the love of my life. Um, I would do anything for him as probably any mother would, but uh, really and truly we argue, but there is so much love. And um, even to this point, and he'd probably kill me if anybody knows and listens to this podcast who knows him, we will like did you do this? You're just nagging. Oh my gosh. And then can I sleep with you? Kids, right? It's, I mean, and it's funny because he's on his side. He's just like, good night. And then he rolls over. And for some reason, to even to this day, it's always the best night's sleep when we are together. You know, it's, you know, he, he, he's really, he's really a great kid. And I am so excited to see, you know, how his life turns out and you know and being a mother and i am a single mother um and it's just amazing that you have these dreams and hopes for your kids and you know it's like you're watching a movie but the good thing is you are actually the director of the movie so yeah you have you are able to influence this generation. So those are things I take a lot of pride in and uh, very involved in my church. I teach Sunday school and uh, my, my, my kids that I call them, I call them, I pray for them daily, but also, you know, we have a special relationship and I too, along with their parents, uh, have an influence and a hand 
in how their life is going. And I'm excited to see what God has in store for them. So like I said before, I'm all about people. I love people. I love encouraging people. I love meeting people. And, um, you know, it can sometimes be temporary. It can be one time for a couple months, for a couple years, or a lifetime. And we just never know. But I am always up for the journey. And I have to add something else about me. I love to travel and discover new places and visit the places that I love over and over and over again. So I am Jamaican by birth. I have to think about it because I'm like, yes, but I've been in Canada for a lot of years. So love Jamaican food, love Indian food, love, I love food, period. Okay. So I am a foodie. I saw something on TikTok and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that recipe. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I want to try that recipe too. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, share it with me really, really well. I, I can't believe how well it turned out. It's called ramen noodle lasagna. Okay. And it was good. It was real. I was just like, Jelani, this is really good. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to save the rest of it for tomorrow. And I'm like, well, hello. Okay. So it was really good. So that's Jeffia in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. 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 And thank you. You know, there's a couple of takeaways I wrote down here and I think this is really important to just touch on for everybody that's catching this, or even if you're checking on this a little bit later, when you have the courage to share this with your son or maybe some other people that you know, because I know courage is huge. But some of the takeaways um, and why I wanted to interview you and have you on this show is a couple things that stood out, not just what you've said, but what I've learned about you over the short course of time that I've known you, is you love to learn. Yes. You do love to learn. You love to share what you've learned. And that's why you are doing what you're doing is to help others yes. in your own rights. And not only, yes, you're not only sharing this in a church through the school and, and helping younger people, but you're doing this through adults and post-secondary education, helping them have a better life. Yes. So yes. you are so much more than a career person. You are so much more than a single mom. You are so full of culture. And it's those qualities that I was attracted to and that I wanted to showcase today. And not just from, you know, I loved how you brought it up with your son because I have three kids, you know, I have three kids and I was just sharing pre going live how, you know, my youngest daughter was home last night and I knew she was home last night for dinner, but I had a plan. I was going to put chicken in the oven, put right. like make it like barbecue sauce and in a little bit of, um, like I actually went with my oldest daughter, spent some time, helped her pick up some groceries. Cause as moms, we're not working for ourselves. It doesn't That's matter right. how old our kids are. We're working to feed our adult children into <laughs> right. how guys listening to this. It doesn't stop at 18. It was on and on what? and on. What? No. I can't put it off at 18. That no, you. Oh, wait, yours is much younger. Wait, yes, mine will be no. 16 in June. I can't believe it. I don't know where the time has gone. And, and that's the thing, right? So you're spending time, it's separated, you know, you're giving bits and pieces of you all day long. And it's not just what you're doing today, it's what you've done to bring you to where you're at today. And yeah. the stories that you can tell, and the experiences, and 
the culture that you bring to the table is especially fitting for right now in the middle of February. And right. we're going to tie this in and out. We're going to weave this in and out to Black History Month because it's not an isolated month and it's not an isolated experience and you're not an isolated person, but it's who you are when you combine all of those pieces yes. and how you showcase that to the world. Yes. Yes. Okay. So okay. culture is what I think about when I think about you, your experience, your liveliness. You are so much more than a mom. You're so much more than somebody that gives nine to five or whatever it looks like to their employer. You know, yeah. you're giving this to your community. You're giving this to your church. You are taking some time and maybe not enough time. And we can lean in and talk about this <laughs> to give to yourself. Yeah. Okay. But before we jump into that, because that'd be more of the mindset piece. And for those that have caught these hearts to hearts in the past, you know, there's four topics I like to touch on. Meals, movement, mindset, and your relationship with money. Plus our coffee cups. And you can see we both showed our coffee cups today on the hot mess. And yours says? First I drink the coffee and then I do the things. Awesome. Okay, whatever the things are. Honestly, coffee is like, it's like, um, I didn't want to say crack. <laughs> like with gold? But <laughs> it, it, it's, it probably is old school. <laughs> but it is my love. I love it. And I think it's just the the routine that I look forward to in the morning. It's really, other than, you know, prayer and meditation, it really helps to set my day. I'm like, I got my coffee. I'm good to go. Awesome. And I want to, I want to talk about that, but there is something that I want to make sure that we touch on before we go into my standards. Yes. And I know this is going to make your heart sing. So I definitely want to take a minute to talk about it. Yesterday, when we spent some time together, folks that are listening to this and catching us for the first time, we both discovered something new, and I'm extremely curious about it. And I shared it with about five or six people since, since it was brought to my attention yesterday. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take a minute and share what we learned yesterday about cornrows? About cornrows? Oh. Okay. You didn't see this coming. I know. She didn't see this coming. This was like a <laughs> left field. But when I say she likes to learn, I learned it. So, right? Um, corn rolls, it is, I mean, as black women, we have, we could have a hairstyle a week. We could have a different hairstyle every day. Sonia has not been privy yet to all of the different ways that I wear my hair and my hair pieces. But corn rolls, I found out uh, during this Black History Month, was a way that the slaves would communicate with each other. Corals, you know, we use it as a fashion statement, but apparently depending on how they cornroll their hair, it, it indicated paths of escape from their slave masters. And it also indicated to other people um, within their community of where they were living, even among slaves, that they wanted to escape. Right. So it was that communication because, I mean, many of us know that a lot of the slaves in that time weren't allowed to learn to read or weren't allowed to write. So they had to find their own ways of communicating. And, you know, um, being a black woman, being a woman of, you know, Caribbean descent, Jamaicans and the Jamaicans listening. Yaman. Yeah, so, right? So it was just something beautiful. I mean, when 
and I think it's about um, ensuring that they survived and being creative and using the tools that they had to ensure that that happened. Many were not successful. Yes, many unfortunately died along the way, but they got up and they tried and they used, I was telling, um, sharing with you about, we sing those old, we talk about those. I was just going to bring that up, but do you remember what song that was, By the River? Water, wait yeah, Wade in the Water. It was a way of them communicating and leading each other, even the slaves that were still back on the plantation, their way of communicating and letting them know the way to go. So cornrows in its origin, origin was a way of um, leading those slaves to freedom. Isn't that beautiful? And, and it brought tears to my eyes when, when you discovered it and shared it yesterday. And once again, it's bringing tears to my eyes because we are, and there's a couple more things I just want to touch on before we get into, you know, you, but just on that same topic, we're in a society today. We're in a place of life in this moment right now mm -hmm. where so much of this, we don't even, we're so into who we are that we don't stop and think about our predecessors that brought us to this place. That's right. Right? The stories that they could tell and how much life has changed. You were saying yesterday that they actually put wheat in their cornrows. Oh, yes. So when, so, okay, so this is the other part. Thank you for reminding me. This part, which I just thought was just, that just blew my mind. You know, it wasn't just a haphazard. They were preparing that when they got to freedom, they had a plan in mind. So what they also did with the cornrows is they hid seeds of grain that they could start a life, that they could use those seeds and plant. Like, it's phenomenal. I was like, they were so forward thinking. Their yes. slave masters thought that they could limit them by not allowing them to read and write, but not understanding that people's will to survive is far greater than that. And they use the tools that they have. And that's what, as I'm talking about it, just resonated, gave me a little bit of goosebumps. They use what they had. So sometimes, you know, and I find, I'm sorry, sometimes in this younger generation, it's always about what they don't have. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Back then they had nothing. And the little they had, they used it to create opportunities. They're anticipating that if I make it, I will be able to eat, survive, and provide for myself and my family. So they hid the grains, the seeds of the things that they've planted and given their life to in their hair so they could start their future. And who could imagine, right? I mean, you and I have no idea what any of them could think now, but I'm sure they never would have thought how integrated and I know life isn't perfect I know yes. there are many areas that we still need to get better at right but it, that aside that's improvement there's always room for improvement in this world but the progress definitely needs to be recognized yeah. we talked yesterday about Rosa Parks and yeah. I don't know if everybody realizes that she was just just as you had mentioned she was just tired that day she didn't want to give up her seat. She was exhausted. Yeah, the quote that it says is, and I think I still may have it up. 
on my other screen. I had no idea that history was being made. I was just tired of giving up. And I think it is tired of giving up your seat, giving up your dignity, giving up whatever it was at that time. That day, she's just tired of giving up. And that one single act create, caused a boycott where many Blacks stopped riding the bus and walked to and from work, church, grocery, wherever they had to go. Because they were like, sister, I hear you. We're tired too, and we need to make a stand. And they, and how did they impact it? Not only did it bring them closer together as a community, right? So they, even the few Blacks that had cars, they would carpool and share and take each other wherever they needed to go. But it affected their economy because then all these people are not taking the bus. So they had to make changes. So one woman deciding, I'm not going to sit down. I'm, I'm not giving up my seat today. I'm tired of giving up. Tired. And she's just like, I'm not having it today. And she was arrested and all these things happened. we know in history. So can I tell a little story? Please, please do. Okay. Yeah. So my son was in the second grade and um, came home from school during the month of February and talked to me about what he learned today. So I'm, I'm, I love those conversations. Jelani, how's your day? It was good. That's about all I'm getting from a teenager. Those days, you're lucky. Yeah. Ears off, right? And he said to me, so he's in the tub. I'm giving him a bath and he's talking to me. And he's just like, mommy, we learned about this lady named Rosa Parks. I said, oh, tell me, what did you learn? Yeah. So she was coming from work and she was really tired and she had to give up her seat and she didn't want to. Well, why did she have to give up her seat? These are things I'm asking. He goes, oh, because she was black right, mommy? And they weren't treated as fairly and they had to always sit at the back of the bus. But I'm noticing as he's sharing the story, there is no association with being Black. And mind you, it's something we've never really discussed. So I said to him, Jelani, did you know that you're Black? What? He didn't know. He didn't realize. I'm black. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, yes, pops, you're black. So, you know, if we lived in those days, even if you're a young kid, we would have to sit at the back. And if somebody else came and insisted we give, they give up, we give up our seat, we would have to. He's just like, wow, I'm black. And it was like the wheels were turning in his little head. And all he's just like, so mommy, I know grandpa's black because, you know, my, 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 my family, we, we range in skin tones from the lightest to the darkest. Mm -hmm. So I said, pops, remember, this is what I call him, pops, it's not based on your skin tone, how light or how dark you are. It's based on where we come from, right? So, you know, we come from Jamaica, right? So we are, we are black. Wow. At the end of the bath, he's just like, I'm going to tell my friends tomorrow that I'm black. I'm like, I think they know. <laughs> but you know. And, you know, I'm so glad we had this conversation because they'd have probably told you one day you're black. And you'd be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but doesn't that say something about today's world? If your own son didn't know he was black? 
we've never discussed it. We don't discuss right? race. And, and I guess too, because we know people from so many different cultures, even within our own family. So he's never really identified with, but that day was an eye opener. He sits back in the tub. He's just like, hmm, I'm black. I'm going to tell my friends tomorrow. I said, you do. But I, I think love that. I, <laughs> I love that. So I came from the reverse, small town, southwestern Ontario, and there was maybe one family, one whole family in a town of 30,000 that was a different color. Right. Right. Uh-uh. And that's just where I was born and raised. Like there's nothing good or bad. And it's just what it was. And it just seemed so happened that whatever community I ended up living in, whether it was Aurelia or whether it was Calgary, it was the same story. Right. Right. But when I lived in Toronto, that was a different story. You know, you're talking the bigger populations, but you and I are seeing now there's a lot more integration, which is phenomenal because yeah. it means that we are seeing everybody the way we should be and not on skin tone on who we are. Yes. Our souls are speaking to one another. That's our hope. And our hope. And so when we go back and think about the cornrows scenario and the music, the lyrics that were in those songs that we were taught to sing, whether in Sunday school or in church or without even knowing it, but they had so many hidden meanings and Rosa Parks and where we are today. I really hope that there is a way that they know their impact on the world. Yeah. And there's a couple things that you'd mentioned this morning on, on this chat so far that have literally brought me goosebumps and shivers again. Um, but we're going to take it to the next level, something I did not prepare you for. So again, for those that have been on this show, you know I don't prepare you. The only thing I say is bring a coffee cup and we're going to talk about these four items before we're off the show. But that's it. The rest of it is very spontaneous. And I do that for a reason. I want my guests to be real and authentic and transparent just the way I am. And I know they'll get lost as if we're just having a heart to heart, like two friends chatting over coffee on the couch. Right. Okay. So my next question for you, and I have my answer ready to go, but is there a movie or a book that you can think of? that tells an amazing story along the same lines oh my gosh okay so i've got three okay okay first one is the book of negroes by lawrence hill okay yeah phenomenal book um it's a thick it's a long read it's about this thick but i'm okay. telling you i think i read it in a week i couldn't put it down okay brings you in second book that tells a story is the polished toe Telling okay. my friends about this book by Austin Clark. He is a black author. The Polished this, Home? The Polished Ho. Ho, H O? H O E. Okay. So, what I, it's a great story um, about this lady. Her name is, I believe, Mary Matilda. And it's actually about a black woman who is with a black man, and she's sort of the side chick but he takes good care of her financially, right? Can't go out in public, can't, you know, because of the time they're living in. Mm-hmm. The polished toast. So she is like his trophy on the side because she's a beautiful woman. Okay. And um, they have a, one child together. 
and she loved to garden. So she is the polished hoe in okay. the one sense. And she used yep. her polished hoe gardening tool to kill him. Great story. Did so not see that coming. That. Okay. I, I had to tell you that because that is a great read. The Polished okay. Hoe by Austin Clark. Okay. My next favorite is The Sea of Poppies. It's by Amitav okay. Ghosh. And he is an Indian writer. So, um, and, and that book is a part of a trilogy. And that book is a heavy read, beautiful story, taking place in China and India, right? Okay. Weaving these two great, but beautiful story. But I would suggest that book you do on audio because there were a okay. lot of Indian terms that I had no idea what they were saying. They give you a great glossary in the back, but reading it, I'm constantly going back and forth. So I had to okay. get it on audio to listen to it. Three great books and three great offers, great stories and completely different stories from different Excellent. perspectives. But um, Lawrence Hill, who did the Book of Negroes is actually a Canadian author. That for sure. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. And actually that is a good point because that was one of the, that was one of the reasons I wanted to, to interview you was because you are Canadian. Yes. Yes. Canadian, but not Canadian by birth. I was actually born in right. Jamaica. Yes. Right. Right. So my book, and this comes with a story that I will share, um, mm -hmm. The Help. Yeah. The, the movie was good. The book was even better. Okay. So I read the book in book club mm -hmm. years and years ago. And for anybody that's watched Good Girls, I mean book club. I don't mean what they do on Good Girls. I mean book club. Okay. <laughs> and if you haven't seen that movie, yeah, got or that that TV series, you gotta watch it. But they call their their side thing book club, and and I'm actually meaning proper book club. Um, so and I have three girls now. They are 24, 22, and 20. But let's take this back about 12 years, and I watched The Help with my daughters individually. I watched it with Megan, my oldest, and I watched it with Renee, my middle daughter. I watched it with Renee first. Mm -hmm. And it literally took us an extra three hours because I had to pause every five minutes and answer her questions and explain why. Why, mommy? Why? Why can't she go in the bathroom? Why can't she do this? Why? Why does it matter what color her skin is? Why, why, why? And I remember that day like it was yesterday because she was so compassionate and so curious as to why. Yeah. And it was such a teachable moment. And that's why I wanted to bring up books or movies because it doesn't matter what it is legends of the past that we spoke about already the rosa parks of the world the cornrows whoever whatever it was they're not here it's up to us to share that legacy and it doesn't matter what color you are it doesn't matter what nationality you are it's up to us to share that legacy and to tie things together so we can live in unity and literally a two and a half or two hour movie took us again about five to six hours to watch because there was so many questions from a curiosity perspective mm -hmm. now different kids different personalities different perspectives different places in their lives megan watched it she goes i don't know what the kid what what renee was all worried about 
And okay. Could it be that she sees it like as a story, or just from somebody else's perspective, Maybe or just having thought- a better understanding of what the world is. Maybe because she's older. Renee yeah. is. Um, Renee at the time, I'm not sure where she's at now, but Renee at the time when they would read books and pretend the characters were her friends. Okay. Okay. So she, so she probably, she ins- uh, my guess would be she inserted herself as a little girl in the story who right. was white that she could relate to. Mm-hmm. And she probably just felt that deep, deep connection and not understanding, well, this person's helping. This person's her friend. This person's not doing anything wrong. I don't understand why they're being treated like this. Mm-hmm. So my best guess, because you're not a, even a 10 or 8-year-old, I don't even remember how old she was at the time, probably wouldn't have been able to answer why she was so curious. Right. But it was such a teachable moment for my daughters. And Brooke was much younger, so she didn't, I don't even, she didn't have this experience with me. Um, but don't underestimate the, 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 any opportunity to share knowledge. Yeah. with anybody so i wanted to talk about that because off screen we were talking a little bit about books but we're going to go back to rosa parks and being tired and off screen i was sharing how exhausted and how tired i was earlier this week including yesterday and honestly how is that any different than how rosa parks may have felt that day on the bus we are We are in 2022 doing the best that we can to take care of our families and to take care of ourselves. And sometimes our priorities get mixed up Mm -hmm. and we physically get tired. We emotionally get tired. And we can sit here and talk about the pros and cons of then and now, but that's not the point. The point is we all get tired. And how right now in today's society, and you'd brought this up earlier, some of your mindset work, some of your meditation and your prayers in the morning. What are some of the things that you do to take care of yourself, to fill your cup before you start your day? Well, before the pandemic, I would take a trip. (laughs) (laughs) A trip. That's what I was known for. But um, during the pandemic, I'd have to say, um, so I, to be honest, I've always been good at taking care of myself, right? And knowing when I just need to stop and take some time for me. So sometimes it could be that, you know, I'm in my room, I'm reading, um, I'm sleeping, I'm resting, I'll go for a walk, different things. So it sort of sometimes just depends on the season that I'm in. Right. If sometimes I um and I really would maintain the t- self care, right? I need me time, right? I some people you know who know me think oh um, I'm an extrovert. I really am by nature an introvert, meaning that I replenish alone, yes. right? Yes. I replenish alone. I recharge alone. I need to um, get away from everything. Get away from the noise. So that's something I did on a regular because I know I needed it. And I remember when my son was younger and I used to work retail and I'd work at night, he'd always wait for me. And he, so I'd be like, okay, Jay, I'm leaving now. I'll be home in a few minutes. Okay. And he's kind of waiting in my room and he'd be like, are you in the driveway? Yes. Aren't you coming in? I need 10 minutes. How long is that? I'm like, 
put it this way, I'll be in sooner than you think. And sometimes the car ride and those few minutes in my driveway was my me time. Because sometimes your me time can be a whole day. Let's just be mm-hmm. honest. Can be an hour. Sometimes it's 15 minutes. But really and truly, depending on the day that I had, it was a time that I disconnected from work because when I come home, it's all about him, right? So I needed those few minutes for myself. Pandemic, when I couldn't, you know, go travel or my work schedule and my work life changed, I discovered walking trails. There was in Brampton where I used to live, there was a walking trail 20 minutes from my house. I would have never discovered it if it wasn't a pandemic. I walked everywhere. I Googled walking trails. I did walking trails in Brampton, dragged my girlfriend one day and went for a walk in Hamilton and went to the two falls. Another time I visited one in Orangeville. So my self-care is, you know, not only just my prayers and starting off my morning, but it's also about, I like being outside. I like being in nature and I like opportunities that I can meet different people. That's where my self-care. Sometimes I need it by myself and nature always puts me in a good place. I like being outside. And then, you know, we would organize like, so some ladies from our church, we would just be like, oh, where are we going walking next? You know, so we have a walking group that no one, we haven't been walking in a long time. Everybody's back into the office and things like that. But, you know, we really took advantage of that. I took advantage of that time to disconnect because then now you're working from home, you're with your family, you're all in the same space. Oh, I need to get out of this house. So that was what I did. And that is how my me time takes place. And like I said, it starts off one way. My me time before I had my son, it's completely different from Mm -hmm. my me time now, right? Mm -hmm. And in terms of the length, but I don't think the quality is any different. So I hope I answered your question. I know You did, you did. And I think, you know, you hit it on a couple of aspects. It's not just what you hit. What I heard was, you know, there's a combination of, of prayer and meditation and, and, almost pausing and collecting yourself sometime in the morning before you start your day. But then there's the component of surrounding yourself with people that uplift you. Yes. No matter what that looks like. And you, you would prefer in an ideal world as often as you can to get out there in nature and recharge naturally by being grounded. And I, I bring this up because it doesn't matter the best of intentions we all get faced with a wall where we feel like Rosa Parks did that day and we are tired. Yes. And I I wanted to say something else. We have to be intentional. And Mm -hmm. especially as women, you know, whether you're a mother or not, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times we wear so many different hats and you taking care of yourself has to be intentional. When you showed me your calendar, of you putting it in, I'm like, that just speaks volumes because your life can get so busy. I mean, let's be honest. We are glued to our phones. Our phones have our entire life. You know, we will drive back a half an hour. I forgot my cell phone. Mind you, you know, for most of us, it wouldn't even take a half an hour for us to realize we forgot our cell phone. 
these things are become a part of our everyday life and we might as well use it to benefit us. It benefits everybody else. They can reach us. They can text us. They can email us. They expect an answer. But I, I really appreciated that. But um, I really have just, to that time. Just to interject for one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just interject for one second. I did show her my calendar yesterday and everything's color coordinated. But what's in there, what she's referring to is um, – not only is there spots about me time where it says change and eat specifically as I'm bouncing from activity to activity, because that works for me. I, I like the variety of life. I, I can't do nine hours in one place without going crazy. That after 48 years, and yes, guys, if you didn't catch my last podcast, I'm 48. I'm not 47 like I thought. That's a different 48. story. I love the 40s. Honestly, I, I cannot wait for 50. I'm going to be even, well, you're going to be even more fabulous. When is your birthday? That's right. What month is uh, July. I'm a Leo, July 28th. I'll be 49. Oh, that's right. And I'm November. Um, Sagittarius, my dear. Scorpio. Oh, we talked about this. My best friend is Scorpio. Yes. But I have Sagittarius rising. So <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius rising, Leo sign, Cancer moon. Hence the emotions. Okay. Um, and Renee actually does this. So if anybody's listening to this and you're curious, reach out to me or Google or take a look at open eye astrology. She will help you identify those three parts of you and help you tap into other parts of you that you don't realize. And she doesn't know I'm giving her a plug here, but um, you know, at 20, why not? No, 22, I get them confused. Anyways, that's a different story for a different day. But I did show her that I have bath time in my calendar. I I have date night with Tony every night. And you guys have all heard me talk about this. I will do a hard stop. Now, I will, I will put in it, um, a caveat in here. If I am on a life coaching call at 8 or 8.30 at night and it rolls into 9.15 and it is really heavy, um, I will not do a hard stop. You know, I will finish the conversation to make sure that of person course. is good. Of right? Course. But 99.9% of the time, we are on the couch for date night at 9.30 every single night. Um, yes. And yes, that is in my calendar. And our weekend away this weekend is in my calendar. And it looks, it works for me. Um, and I was explaining why I use Gmail. And that's because, or Google Calendar. And that's because it doesn't matter if it's my phone or my computer or where I'm at. I can access my life. So, all right, let's jump in. Let's jump into what matters. We talked a little bit about mindset and keeping your cup full. Mm-hmm. right for self-care so how do you find you fuel your body with food on the meal side are you a structured person are you a grazer do you reach for food out of emotional what do you do for food um i'm not a grazer i sit i like to sit and eat my meal mm-hmm. and of late um well, with my son and I in sports and different things, I've committed to like two days a week. We sit and we eat, no phones, just have a conversation. Sometimes we talk the whole time. Sometimes we're silent most of the time. But I think it's important that we just sort of disconnect from everything and just sort of focus on our food. And even I've been focusing more on chewing my food. That means because sometimes I'm rushing and I've had it where I'm like, reaching for the water because I just ate and I got to go. So sitting down, enjoying my food, eating my food. I'm not a grazer, but I do 
try my best to enjoy my food. And um, so I'm going to add my two cents here. I don't graze for breakfast. So typically breakfast, I'll sit down and eat something before I do my first thing. But I will graze between my first snack and my first snack, lunch, second snack, I'm grazing. Okay. 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 But we sit down for a family dinner. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Okay. And then we have a tea and treat with date night. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, I do like snacks, but it's sort of like when I feel like it, if I feel mm-hmm. I need it, but uh, no, I like to sit down and have my meal. Even if it's having my meal at my desk, even if I'm eating at my desk, I'm not doing anything else. I'm literally, and, even if it's five minutes, I'm just eating. And I think that's amazing. There's Tony's like that. My husband's like that. He will sit down at every meal yes. and take that five, 10, half an hour, whatever it looks like yes. breakfast, lunch, and great. Um, mm-hmm. Middle of the day. I won't. I'll, I'll not that I won't sit and eat. I mean, in the, I've progressed and that's what, for those people that are catching this, I want to, what I hope your biggest takeaway is there are so many different ways to take care of yourself. That's right. I do a blend. You've got a certain way. Different people do things differently. Find what works for you. Yes. Do you have any, anything that's a to go that you lean on when it comes to food? That I make? I don't, I don't care. Whatever. Do you make, do you pick up? Um, so for me, so for me, I made a smoothie. This is my morning snack. I haven't gotten very far. Mm-hmm. I know we binged into pizza last night. Um, so I know what's waiting for me, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to have it right away until I drink this. Right. Right. Cause this has fiber. This has protein. This is what I need. And the last meal I ate this morning was at six o'clock, okay. a bowl of oatmeal. That's not a lot. So I need the nutrients in this. Yes. So for me, I start off with water. Mm-hmm. I have to have my water first thing in the morning. I'll probably finish a bottle of water in probably a couple of sips because I'm that thirsty first thing in the morning. Gets everything, I think, going. And then I have a cup of hot water, lemon, and honey. Mm-hmm. And some, what's it called? Apple cider vinegar. Okay? So I make that in the morning. Kind of good cold cleansing and everything. Cleans my palate. And then I usually don't even eat my first meal until after 12. And to okay. be honest, I make my own stuff. So I always bring my breakfast and, you know, my little breakfast sandwich or boiled egg and avocado, whatever. And I really, I used to eat out much more before COVID. <laughs> but another I win, another benefit. My, yeah. But I make my stuff more at home because I know who I am. I know I'm not sick. You just never know. Right. Yeah. Even my coffee. And today I decided to come into the office and make my Keurig, but I like to make my coffee from home in my big tumbler or my big cup. Um, lunch, I usually don't even bring a lunch. I'll have dinner, right? But I'll have like fruit. So I have my fruit or I do a fruit smoothie, right? That's something that I've done uh, before. It kind of just depends on how I feel. But my staple is water, my hot water, lemon, apple cider vinegar, my coffee, and a boiled egg or an egg in some form. That's usually how my day starts. And then whatever else happens, you just go with the flow. I might pick up lunch, I might buy dinner, but the first part of my day is, it's usually something I make or bring from home. And I'm very intentional about that because I, I'm, I'm especially as you know, we're getting older, I'm really, more, um, I know, I know. So I didn't hear that. 
Unfortunately, <laughs> we are. So we may not look it, but our I know, right? feels it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm trying to really be intentional in terms of like eating more grain, eating more fruit, vegetables. Like at night, I'll have like my good salad with whatever I'm eating. But um, that's pretty much my habit with food. And oh, I, I don't love sweets. I'm not a sweet what? person. Nope. Give me your a, savory. Bag a bag of chips. And I know not to bring the bag of chips to the couch. Sometimes I need the bag of chips at the couch, depending on the day I've had or what I'm watching. But now it's just like, oh, you better get a bowl, girl, because you know you could, you know, you you know how it is. You're watching TV and then you're like, is that how much? It's disgusting. Wrap it up back in the cupboard. So now that is my thing, but I'm not a sweet person love salty crunchy it's to me it's all about the texture and the noise you know we're gonna get some feedback on here saying thanks you've made us hungry <laughs> probably <laughs> i i have so i love your non-negotiables you know the water lemon apple cider vinegar the egg and, and you know in this there's actually and this is part of the reason i negotiate with myself before because eating right. cold hawaiian pizza is like I can't even tell you. It's a treat. I don't get it very often. Normally, it's not leftovers. And I don't know if it brings me back to my childhood, but I love cold Hawaiian pizza. So I'm not going to indulge until I get this. But this has, right. when I say a handful, I'm talking a handful. So there's probably two cups of spinach in here and a banana and almond milk. And this is one of my non-negotiables every day. Um, it fuels me. And then like you will have a whatever dinner. In my breakfast, I like, if it's not this, if it's not just this, if it's an oatmeal, like if I'm running, it's um, the oatmeal I have right now has chia seeds and flax seeds in it mm -hmm. and a couple of other superfoods. So it helps me be the better version of myself that I need to be so yes. I can show up every day. Um, but yes, there is room in my life for whether it be chips, because unlike you, I don't discriminate against sweets. There's <laughs> plenty of room for sweets in my life. I'm an ice cream lover. I don't discriminate. It's just not my thing. It's just not my thing. I love I love a golden Oreo here and there, but that will sit in my cupboard for probably two weeks. Chips, days. Really? Two, okay. Three days and, and they're done, right? That's okay. that's my love. That's my love. So but it's funny how I use the word discriminate against sweets, but it actually brings, reminds me of a story that Megan once said to me. And I have to share this because it goes against language and color and, and you don't really think of it. It was summertime and I get nice and my color changes. I mean, not like Tony because he's from his ancestry is Malta. So he looks really, really dark. Yeah. Um, not your dark, but for him, dark. Yes. And um, like layers, like we almost look like we are two different skin tones in the summer. Um, so Megan had said to me once, she was like, mom, you're the perfect shade of marshmallow. I'm like, are you saying I'm fat? She goes, no, mom, you're perfectly toasted without being burnt. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Isn't that cute? And again, she was maybe 10 or 12 and some things you just don't escape from, but who would think the perfect shade of marshmallow? I'm like round, pudgy, soft, first things that came to mind. That's right, and then, that's right. Right? And I saw the look on your face. It was the first thing that came to mind. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so we talked about meals. We talked about mindset. We talked a little bit about movement when it came to mindset. Do you do anything besides walks to make your spirit soar? 
Um, no, walking, walking is it for me. I, I, I don't do it often as I should, but I do like doing weights, like just some free weights, you know, just some exercises. But to be honest, the walking does it for me. I pick up the pace, but I know to slow it down. I like the fact that I can pick it up, slow it down when I need to, you know, um, yep. but walking really is for me the best. That's something that I've, you know, I've started the exercise. I've started the class. I've started this and that, but walking has been something that I've been able to always be able to get out and do. I love that. And uh, again, movement and why we bring up these four topics and the biggest takeaway in, in this section is life is not a one size fits all. That's right. It's about what works for you. And you evolve over time. And you had mentioned your mindset was different before, Giovanni, versus where it's at now. And I'm sure your meals were different. You know, yeah. now we're eating for a different purpose. Mm -hmm. We're eating for fuel. We're eating for longevity. We're eating That's for right. nutrients. Um, but it doesn't have to, you don't have to be a geek. You don't have to be an athletic geek. You don't have to work out 20 times a week. You customize your life so it works for you. That's right. And that's what I want the takeaway to be on this. Yes. So the last topic I love to talk about is how over the course of the years mm -hmm. has your relationship with money changed and how has that impacted where you are, the person you are today? So um, when I finished university, you know, it was just like, yeah, I made it. I'm working. I have my own money. And, I, you know, so then you get your car, your different personal things. But really, truly, it was never about tomorrow, right? It was always about just in the moment. I'll take a trip, book it. I want those boots, buy it. If I want, you know, um, within reason, obviously, right? But for the most part, it was, you know, you have it. It's in your account, buy it. Now, and it's, it's amazing. I, I always think of it like we're going to, my life was like before Jelani, after Jelani, <laughs> everything changed. So when I was pregnant, I'm like, I need to pay down this credit card. Then I started really looking at my finances because this baby is going to come and take over everything. And I'm like, how long have I been paying this back? Oh no, I need to pay this up. So it made me more conscious of my spending right and then um when i knew i was moving to london it's all about preparing so i pretty much had my entire kitchen had stuff that i bought for i bought linen i bought different things that i knew i would need so at this stage of my life i'm looking as you know i'm becoming i'm coming closer to retirement. what <laughs> She's saying retirement. Folks. Well, you know what? My, so my, my parents are divorced and both remarried. So on the one end, my dad is retired and is busier than he's ever been. He's mm -hmm. involved in church and involved in the community. Ah! My mom's retirement. She's still very involved in her church, but she is very like wakes up. What do, she'd be like, what day is it? Jack? My, my mom and her husband live in Florida. Okay. What day is it, Jeff? Why, why did you call me to ask me what day it is? 
really? <laughs> but that's just to show you it's just a different, different mindset, right? So for me, I'm thinking of long-term. And at this stage of my life, I'm looking at what I'm going to leave for Jelani. How am I going to set him up for success, right? What am I going to give him? Because um, it's pretty much me, right? So that's where now my relationship with money you know i'm much better with my bills i don't want i don't want anybody calling me that i owe you something okay don't want it those days are over those days ended in my 30s. we've all had those days right me. We've but all i'm had like at this stage in my life i do not want anybody i don't want to be hiding from anybody okay <laughs> i am not avoiding the phone calls i don't have to tell them no no i don't know who, who that is I, I that's not the stage of my life Everything's paid. I know who I owe. I work out a plan and I get it done, right? Because I have to ensure that I am okay if, you know, if I don't get married, right? Mm -hmm. I have to be able to be okay by myself and still be able to take care of Jelani and set him up for success. You know, the one generation before always brings their kids up another level, right? Yes. So, yes. you know, my parents, you know, thank God were, my parents were both educated, educated in Jamaica, had great jobs, right? But coming to Canada, coming to this new country, no matter, you, you still have to start over, right? But they've both been able to create great lives for themselves and helped us up. And so now it is my job to now help Jelani up a little bit more. So my relationship with money is not just about saving, but being a little bit more smarter, being a little bit more intentional. You know, I can, I've had to even, I know, how, I know how to tighten my belt and live with less. And then the times that I can, I splurge a little bit, but it's about the balance. I remember at one point I had to like unsubscribe from all these mess emails, all my favorite stores, all my favorite. I had to just unsubscribe. I don't need the temptation. Okay. So I'm just unsubscribing, but you know, it's, 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 um, it's a great place to be. And I'm glad for the times where I could be frivolous, right? Because I lived at home, you know, my parents and working and whatever, always had, you know, good jobs, been always been okay. But um, I'm now happy for those lessons that I've learned. Did I really need those shoes? Did I really need those, that purse? How many times have I worn it? Uh, one friend said to me, you only have two feet. You can only wear one pair of shoes at a time. And you know, at the end of the day, as you get older, it's probably the same four or five pairs of shoes you're wearing anyways, mm -hmm. right? So, but you sometimes need that time to be young and frivolous, right? To be in the learn. moment. And then learn. now, but you cannot be in the moment and frivolous at late 30s, 40s. No, that, that's time's got to stop. So now I'm really looking at... Um, investing into his future. I'm looking at investing in real estate. You know, I have some things that I want to do. So that's where it's changing. The money now is not just about um, satisfying the here and now, but building something for the future. So there's a couple of takeaways I loved about this. Um, first of all, you talked about, well, okay, let me, let me share my two cents, but 
let's let's talk about the takeaways. The first thing is um, your relationship with money. You are where you are today based on your previous experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you talked about how you want to leave a legacy and that holds true for all of us, but in different elements. That's why I do what I do as a coach, right? If something were to happen to me tomorrow, and we don't know, we, I'm not going to go into my whole coaching spiel on this, but we're not promised tomorrow. That's right. So, you know, I know, and this is not a financial piece, but I know that if something were to happen to me, my parents could catch my daughters, my grandson could catch three minutes of me every single day. If they just catch my Facebook lives, or if they want to listen to my podcast or see me on YouTube, I have left that legacy for them. Right? It's a bigger, it's a bigger picture. And, and I do a whole analogy and it's one of the podcasts I've done about um, your arms and the railroad tracks. And we can talk about this later. If anybody's interested, you know, let me know and I can share that with you. But eventually what legacy are we leaving behind? And it does include a financial legacy and it's not just the numbers and the dollars and the cents, but it's the lessons that we've learned and how we share those lessons. Again, just like our predecessors did, just like Rosa Parks did by sitting down and being tired that day. She never knew she was making history. She never knew she was building that legacy for future people to take a stance. Mm -hmm. Right? So we just never know our impact on the world. So two of my sayings, and one of them I completely made up and I love, is a CEO knows where her money goes, and we are all the CEO of our lives. Mm -hmm. True. Right? We don't think of that. We might think, oh, I'm not a CEO. You are. Yes. You have a bank account. If you don't know where your money's going, Oprah Winfrey writes her own checks. She knows what's in her bank account. That's right. So it's not, but we wouldn't be where we are today. We are speaking to anybody listening to this with experience. We've had the hard moments. We've had to start over. That's right. You know, this isn't, this isn't our 20 year old version sitting here sharing this experience and this knowledge with all of you. Yeah. We had to learn the hard way and we've had to start over. Yeah. And that's not easy. And that is okay. That's You're right. not a failure by starting over. You're not a failure by not having a great relationship with money. You're a failure when you decide that that's okay. And you leave yeah. it there. That's right. And you don't grow right. and learn from it. And you don't grow and learn. Exactly. So, um, you know, leaving the legacy is huge and it doesn't just have to be a financial legacy, but how easy could it be? We were sitting there last night, Brooke's going, um, I'm very, very proud of the fact that she follows her passion. She's an equestrian. She's going to Banff. Um, last year she went to Banff for six months. This year she's going to a different ranch to teach people and take them on horseback riding trail rides. And I said to her last night, I'm like, babe, if you're bringing your horse with you, I think you're going for more than six months. She goes, yeah, mom, I was accepted into Olds College and I'm going for two years. I'm like, what? You were also oh, accepted at Fanshawe and at Ridgeview, but that's great. She goes, but my, right? She goes, but my biggest hiccup is I don't know where to stay. I don't know what to do about housing. So our conversation led into, well, maybe we'll buy a house there. Maybe we'll sell the rental. We'll buy a house there and you can live there and we can, if it's a duplex, like a multi- a multi-unit of the people right. can stay. And we had that whole conversation about how smart it is not to buy a single unit dwelling in your 20s or 30s, but make your first home a multi-door. So like a, 
um, a triplex or a fourplex where other people are paying more of your mortgage. Mm -hmm. And if we have the opportunity to educate our children to do it differently than just buying a home, yeah, you're still buying a home. It might not be your ideal home, but it's going to get you into your ideal home probably debt-free sooner. That's right. Right? And it's just a matter of thinking differently. Yeah, we couldn't buy a fourplex here, but we could probably buy one in Alberta. Right, right. Right? And, and my only takeaway with this is give yourself the opportunity to think differently, no matter what that looks like. Yeah. And as you're saying that, it made me remember when I was looking for a place and I was looking for townhouses. Mm-hmm. And um, because always with that mindset in case somebody comes over and I remember I saw the place that I'm living at now. So it's a two bedroom, two bath condo, plenty of space, really, really nicely laid out. And I remember my friend was just like, this is perfect, Jeff. And I'm like, oh, I thought I'd get the picker and, you know, in case people stay over. And I remember my realtor's just like, do not buy for people that may never come. Right? Yep. You have to, it goes, if you think about it, Jeff, it's a great space. It's a great start. You're not going to be here for, you know, 20 years. You never know, but it's a great start. And then I had a conversation with that same friend of mine. Um, we reconnected. Uh, we were roommates in university, came back to London. She's been here for 20 years and we've just picked up where we left off, which was, which has been amazing. And she said to me, she's just like, but just Jeff, you got to think about it. Jelani is going to be 16 soon, two years. He's going to go to college or university. He may go in town, may go, listen, I got two boys that are, you know, a few years older than Jelani. I don't see them. Okay. (laughs) They have their own life. They have this. So, you know, I know you thought this maybe is just for now and in a few years, but she's just like, think about long-term. Think about, you know, closer to retire, that word again. Oh my God, I've said it twice already. Okay. But thinking about the future in terms of this might be the place where you settle. And I'm like, yeah. So it's been something that I've been really, you know, praying about and maybe using this as a way to invest more in something else. But at the end of the day, this just might be my, the place that I settle in because everything's on one level, you know, it's easy to maintain. It's easy to clean. And then I remember when we went to see another property, which was like multi-leveled and all this stuff. And my realtor's just like, how are you going to clean all this? It's just, just you, you got money for a maid. I'm just like, no, I'm it. Right. And, you know, just sort of putting things in perspective. But I like that idea. You're thinking of how you can grow, but don't do it so that you put yourself in a deficit. Right. Or you put yourself in a position where, you know, you have all this space for people that never come or that come and maybe spend one night. Right. You know, you know, we can invest in a great invest in a great futon. Yes, exactly. So we say, you know, people come, Jamaicans say, we come and catch. You're just coming to catch. You just, and I don't want to make it too comfortable for you where you don't want to leave. Okay. Cause you got to go home. Right. Now, what does that mean? I come and catch. What does that mean? Catch, catch. It's like, you just, you're just coming just to stay for a little bit. 
You're just going to okay. find a little spot, like a futon. I, you know, you take one side of the bed, I take another side. It's Got just, it. Yeah, it's, it's a temporary situation. Okay. Don't want to make it too comfortable where you feel like you want to stay longer. Okay. Right. Everybody's got to go home. So okay? cold pizza for everybody. No. <laughs> cold pizza for everybody, right? So, but I'm just thinking, you know, as you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, my, my hope, my, my hope, not my hope, my dream and what I'm going to do is to eventually buy something that's a little bit more of an investment, right? Where other people, but I know this space is for me. Does that make sense? And it was Absolutely. just enough for the two of us. When you come, it's, it's comfortable, it's cozy, but at the end of the day, I cannot, I cannot put myself at a loss. But I'm sure there was a point other in time people that you would have wanted to. May or may not do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I love that share because we want, like I still have a goal of having a cottage. And and in that cottage, I will I will do retreats. And the cottage is going to be and, and the cottage is going to be um, a place that I can do like Airbnb. Yes. But it doesn't have to happen today. It doesn't have to happen in five right. years. Right? So we have spent some good quality time together. Before we sign off, is there anything else you wanted to go over? Um, there is something that I really did. And I know we talked a little bit about this before we came on camera. So for those of you who do not know, our dear Sonia has um, done her self-reflection, her first book. I am... So happy to be one of the few first few people that have gotten their copy. This is what it looks like. Sonia will give you the details in terms of the website. But um, I read it this morning. And for things like this, it's, it's not a, a book where I'm reading. It's not a chapter book. It's something that's going to really build your life and make your life better. So you need to read it in small doses. And when I started this morning before my praying, the first part that I read is creating, honestly, and I'm, I know I'm going to get emotional again, the impact of creating a space. And this so resonated with me. Sonia goes through about 10 different, the reasons why creating a significant space is important decluttering it it frees up your time it, it it frees up your mind your emotions all this stuff you can't work you can't function if there's all this dysfunction around you and i had to tell sonia and i'm telling everyone that <laughs> the writing the the writing is so profound it's so personal it's easy to read and take in and Everyone at different stages of your life can definitely relate to this. Um, the writing, I was, I'm so impressed. And I am so proud of what you have accomplished. And I just started and you are off to a great start. So if you are able to pick up your copy, if you're able to reach out to Sonia, we have worked together for what, two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And as I would like to say, I think I found a sister from another mother and father. Okay. But I'm just saying, you know, um, her impact as 
short as it may have been so far, has been profound. And not only just working together, her working with me here at CLI College in London, you know, we've been able to really brainstorm and collaborate, come up with some great ideas that I am excited to see them come to pass. But in the meantime, if you wherever you need to go, you need to pick up a copy of her book. It it's I've just started and I'm already so excited. It's it's now going to become a part of my routine. So I just want to say congratulations, Sonia. Um, great work. It speaks of the fact that I was telling you earlier, it's like I'm peeling back the layers. And in a world where everything is on social media, where there is no depth, you know, I am so happy to have gotten to know you and the mere fact that our paths have crossed and I feel it's a perfect time, yeah. right? Because I'm yeah. always looking at how I can better myself. I know I do it through my church and spending time in the word and my meditation, but I also believe that there is this other man that I need to feed and ensure that I am a whole person. So I wanted to end by saying congratulations. <laughs> I am Thank ex you. excited for you and it's wonderful. And I cannot wait to see where your story matters. A self-love, self-awareness workbook will take me. Thank you so much. And I want to continue to hear your updates on this journey because it doesn't matter how, how old you are. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. We don't stop unless we take the time and invest with a coach. And again, as much as I would love to work with everybody in their 40s and 50s, there's roadblocks. And we don't right. stop and sit there and say, I'm worth it enough to invest in time and money to invest in myself. Mm -hmm. So I did this book for the DIYers, people that want to do it yourself, people that aren't sure if they really even need the help. Um, and for people to understand where they're at, it's not that we need help. And I don't mean help in a negative way. Oh, we all need help. We all need that conversation with somebody that we're comfortable with. And whether it's, we're not brought up in a society where after post-secondary education is recommended. Hmm. And again, you and I talked about this off screen is, you know, we're, we do layered learning in our own rights. Right. And we do a lot of learning and a lot of reading and we share that information and it starts by knowing where you're at. So I'm actually a couple things. My book is available on Amazon. It's $9.99 on Amazon for the audio or for the um, soft copy, the digital version. It's about $25 for the hard copy on Amazon. Okay. So the hard copy, I don't believe is spiral bound like this one. I believe it's actually, um, a little slightly different, but for those that just want to see inside the book is actually a workbook. But for the first third of the book is reading. Yes. Okay. Um, there are different links, different materials, but I have some exciting news Two things just cause you brought this up in my heart. We were crying behind camera because I just didn't see this coming. It came out of nowhere. And, um, you know, my heart just got really full really quick with, with the insights and the gratitude. But I am doing something called a mindset reset. And we will be going over some of the components of the book. Um, I'm actually doing a book club mastermind where we will be going 
once a month over all of the components of the book, oh, a self-study. Yeah, but doing a mastermind where we're collaborating with other people in the group. Um, and then we'll be doing different book, books. So the Mindset Reset talks about the four elements, meals, movement, mindsets, in your relationship with money. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that is like a 16 week program, but the book club mindset, um, sorry, the book club mastermind is we'll start with this book. I'll probably take three months to go through it, read a little bit, talk about it, have a group of a collaborative, a mastermind where we go over some of the information together, but you do your own work. And then we meet once a month over zoom. So two different ways of learning and growing in sense of community because it's not about doing this journey by yourself. Right. If you could do it by yourself, you wouldn't be where you're at today. Right. And we're, we're at, most of us are at a position where we want more, more freedom, more happiness, more money. You know, we're looking, we're looking to release the unwanted weight of debt, stress, and pounds. It's not a matter of losing weight. It's a matter of putting it all together. But I do want to say from one quick second, I did become an international bestseller with that book. What? Congratulations. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I was working with a PR person. Um, I was chatting with her earlier this week, and she was going to help me get back to number one status again. So I definitely need to work on that. Thank you. Congratulations. That's wonderful. I, I, love, I love to see when women especially mm -hmm. are doing um, not just what they need to do, because we can just do what we need to do to get by. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with a friend. We've been friends for 20 years, been through a lot together. And she said, at this stage of my life, I don't just want to survive. I want to thrive. So I congratulate you and salute you for thriving. Some of us, some are not there yet, but yep. they're on their way. So they haven't had that wake up call. You know what? Sometimes it's, we all are on a different path, right? Mm -hmm. So for some people, it may take a little longer. It may be that there are things that have not been lined up as yet, but you know, when you have your season and I believe in, we talked about this and yes. when you're in your season, you just find that the doors just open and things just fall into place. Yes. So this is wonderful. And, you know, and closing, um, I did want to say at the end of all of my emails, I always quote Helen Keller, yes. alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. Absolutely. And I'd rather do it together. It's lonely. It can be lonely. But when you're together with like-minded people who are in that circle of love and respect and support, then we can do so much. So and, I hope you will consider yes. me to be a part of this. I want to say the Sonia movement. I hope I can <laughs> be a part of this movement. Please include me. Um, I would love to be able to share and collaborate. And mm -hmm. um, my, my suggestion is try to bring women from different walks of life, yes. different ages, different seasons and when we come together oh my gosh it's going to be explosive and, and that's that's it right it's it's empowering others but it starts by owning who we are yes because when we lack that confidence and that's what this book that's why this book i decided will be the starting point for the book club because mm -hmm. if we don't know who we are we can't grow from there yes 
Yeah. Right. And most people just don't know who they are because they're stuck on autopilot doing what society expected them to do and wondering why it's not working out for them. Yeah. They go to school and then they go to school and then they get a job and then they retire and then that's it. But that's not life anymore. Now yeah. it's, now it's school, post-secondary, maybe a marriage, maybe a divorce, maybe a marriage, maybe a divorce, maybe six different careers, maybe 20, but nobody prepares us for when life doesn't work out. That's right. Right? So then we feel all alone. work out the way we planned it. The way our stories, the way society, the way our parents, the way, especially as females, and this part is so true, and I could go on forever, but when we go back and think about the books we were read as a child, and and I can't speak about your childhood, but I can speak about mine and and those that I've spoken to, but we're talking Cinderella's. We're talking Snow White. We're talking the happily ever after. Mm-hmm. That's there's nothing wrong with that story, but nobody talks about the tenacity that it takes to make that happen. Yeah, and you know, and I also believe in having a good circle, mm-hmm. right? You you have to have that circle of people that know you, know your dreams, and if you are off track, something happens, they can reel you in. No, no, no. That's not what you said. No, no, no. That can remind you of what you've gone through and how you got through it. And um, it reminds me, and it just came to me, and I just wanted to share. There's a story in the Bible where this, um, in the New Testament, where this man was crippled. And Jesus was in someone's home, and he was teaching. And there were crowds of people everywhere. And these four friends needed to get their friend healed. And they climbed up to the roof of the house, cut a hole in the roof, and lowered him down in front of Jesus so that he could get his healing. And Jesus had to say, no, man, your faith, the friend who needed the help couldn't help himself. But I want to be the four people that lift somebody else up who needs to opens up the roof and creates an opportunity. God did, Jesus didn't just heal him. He had to make a comment about his circle. Your circle is important. Your circle can leave you out there to die or your circle is going to do what's necessary to make you get to where they know you are supposed to be. That story, reading it so many times that as you get older and life experiences, Your circle is important. If anything that I say, your circle is important. Your faith is important. You know, for me, my love for God, the things that I do. But one thing I cannot um, ever forget is the circle of people that I surround myself with that love me, that know me, that encourage me, and that will remind me of my dreams. If you don't have those people, get those people. Pray for those people and ensure that you are the person that can attract those people. So if you need to do the work, do the work. Thank you. And, and just to go with that, we are the sum of the five people we hang out with the most. Yeah, I agree. So if you look at your inner circle and they're not lifting you up to that next level, or if you're the smartest person in the room, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You need to be right. in a different room. 
because you're That's never right. going to learn. You're never going to grow. And that means you're never going to glow. That's right. That's right. I don't know about you, but we've been chatting for quite a while and this was effortless and easy. I want to thank you so much for sharing such amazing insight, not just on who you are, but the way you connect with people and your culture. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure being on your podcast, Sonia. Thank you so much. Maybe we can do this again at Absolutely. Uh, another, another, maybe another couple months. Cause you Sounds know, good. we'll have more stories to tell. <laughs> when I have built maybe up we'll some a vacation. Stories. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, thank you so much. What I'm going to do is I'm going to summarize everything, put it together and um, it should be, you'll hear from me shortly. Okay, great. I'm looking forward Perfect. to it. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.